Hey, welcome to the episode 44 of the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Did you say 44? 44. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. How time flies when we're having fun. Uh, We hope you've been enjoying us too as we're uh, making another effort today to really talk about uh, discipleship and an important part of discipleship as we've been in this series called Voices at Living Stones. It is a series on hearing and then, of course, obeying the voice of the Lord. And I can't think of anything more uh, foundational, you know, to the whole process of discipleship than listening to God, developing a relationship with God, yeah. and then following the Lord. Uh, that's really what the whole... If you, could, if you could wrap up discipleship in one simple little concept, that would be it. You know, knowing the Lord, hearing the Lord, following the Lord. Yeah, listen and obey. Listen and obey. Amen. So we're trying to get our ears tuned in, and um, I think it's been a good series. We're going to have some very practical uh, steps today on uh, additional ways that God wants to speak to us. But, you know... Um, I guess I was sharing Sunday just by way of review, and we'll, we'll give a little quiz here to our audience. What is the number one way that God speaks to his people, the most clear, the most consistent, uh, and and number one way that God likes to talk to us? Of course, it's... Televangelist. <laughs> no, that's a close second. <laughs> people speaking on podcasts. No, no. no. Smoke too. signals in the yeah. sky. No, no, no. it's no. the word of God. Yeah. Scriptures, and, uh, yes. yeah, and you know, we've encouraged people make sure that you start your day in the Word, yeah, and um, and that's why it's important because you got to have a foundation of the the knowledge in the heart of God. And then we said, secondly, that there's a marriage that should never experience a divorce when it comes to the voice of God, yeah. and that is the marriage between the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit, and I talk a little bit about that. Why why uh, why do we have disastrous consequences when the author of the book is not is not a, you know a, a part of the process of yeah of, we forget the Holy Spirit is the author of the scriptures yeah. you know and so when we just discount the author and all we do is focus on simply the word itself without the spirit the Bible actually talks about the word without the spirit yeah. uh, law without the spirit and what that looks like so yeah. like, because yeah. and we uh, it's amazing you know you were at our starting point class we do these classes about every other month and we invite folks that are new to our, our church out. And I, I love to listen to what people talk about in that context because it really helps me get the pulse of what's going on. And over and over again, what I heard, especially this last month, is um, how people are really coming um, alive and becoming aware of the Holy Spirit's voice in their life and, and how it's been neglected. Uh, people have not really thought about the Holy Spirit. They've not been taught much about the Holy Spirit. But here we have our helper, our advocate, uh, God Almighty, uh, who is sent here to, uh, who, of course, authored the book, right? Yeah. And now he wants to lead us and teach us into truth. And sometimes we, we approach the Bible like any other textbook. And yeah. uh, you can't do it. Uh, so we got to make sure we don't separate the Holy Spirit from the Bible. And then, you know, we talked about how important it is. The whole goal of God's revelation to us is to have a relationship with us. You know, Christianity is about a personal relationship with Jesus. And uh, and so we don't worship the Bible as part of the Trinity. The Bible is not God. The Bible points us to God, and uh, and it is a reliable and steady companion to show us who God is and what He's like and, and what He expects from us and how to be saved and how to live life uh, in obedience and, and to live a God-glorifying life. 
But the point of the Bible is to point us to Jesus Christ, our Savior, to reveal God the Father to us, to explain who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is in our life. All of those relationships are just that. They are personal relationships with a living God. And um, and sometimes, again, people get all enamored. You know, uh, we made the point Sunday that people will miss... Uh, uh, mischaracterize spiritual maturity as uh, Bible knowledge, that Bible knowledge equals spiritual maturity. Yeah. And why is that not the case? Well, because it's a living word. The, the purpose of the scriptures is to draw us to the one who wrote the scripture. It's the purpose of the scripture. It's not in itself. It's to, it's to direct us to Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. Yeah. And you can have, you know, you, you brought up the reference that we treat the Bible sometimes like a textbook. And I think that's a that's a legitimate uh, temptation because, yeah. you know, in our educational system, in grad school or, or college or whatever it is, we, we have these textbooks. You're supposed to study, you're supposed to read it, you're supposed to focus on, yeah. learn from it. But we have to make the clarification, the Bible is not a textbook. The, the Bible is a living letter, love letter. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've read many textbooks. None of them are love letters directing <laughs> me to a person. You know, they're knowledge-based. Yeah. And we have to be very careful to say the Bible is not purely, there, is there a, a level of knowledge we need to obtain from the Bible? Absolutely. But that's not the primary purpose. Like you said, it's not the end. It's, the, end, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the means to an end, and that end is, is Jesus Christ himself. And, you know, the other thing we said was that the Bible's not just a history book. Some people read the Bible like the good old days, like look at how they used to do it back in the book of Acts, or look at how God used to work, you know, in the Old Testament, but, you know, he doesn't do those things anymore, whatever. And it's it's almost like we're reading this crusty old history book. And, you know, the part of what we were trying to establish in this series on hearing the voice of God is that... Uh, we need to continue to, to approach the Bible as a living book that teaches us how to experience God now, that he's not done revealing himself, he's not done speaking to us, uh, he's not done being God. You know, God didn't fall asleep and take a long nap after uh, the, the last apostle died. Um, he is still alive and active and powerful, and he wants us to hear his voice, and he wants us to move uh, in this supernatural walk called Christianity. Yeah. So, uh, so, so very, very important. Yeah. But then uh, we, we, last couple of weeks, we've been spending some time on elaborating on uh, other ways that God yeah. speaks to us. Uh, and uh, we talked about three D's, mm -hmm. and last Sunday, three P's. And so let's go through those kind of quickly. And the goal of this podcast today is just to add some, some uh, options to your arsenal of uh, hearing God's voice and to realize that in addition to the Holy Spirit and in addition to the Word of God, there are other ways that God is trying to get our attention and trying to speak to us. And it's all a, a sign, again, of His pursuit of our heart and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us and how much he wants a relationship with us. So let's talk about the three D's very quickly. First yeah, of all, we have the doors, desires, and the dreams. You know, and something I'm impressed by is, is God uses so many different ways to speak to us, mm -hmm. like uh, any real relationship. You yeah. know, I don't think there's like me and my wife is like, no, I'm going to only communicate with you through one thing. No, there's so many different ways we right. communicate with each other, right? Imagine so, if you never talked to her personally. All you did was, was uh, write letter. text her, write oh, yeah. letters, or send her an email. Uh, yeah, <laughs> write a slip of paper, put it under the door, <laughs> yeah. and that's all the communication she gets from me. <laughs> or, no, sometimes it's a glance. Sometimes it's a hand gesture, you know? Um, 
Yeah. A phone call, a text message, just like any real people, real relationship, we communicate through many different ways. Yeah. And that's the same way with God. We're just making this real. So, yes. Yeah. yes. The gentle touch, you know, when yeah. we talk about these things. Yeah, but there are times, yeah, from a father or son, there's sometimes it's a gentle touch and sometimes it's a <laughs> little whack little, on the little less gentle touch. Right. It's like, but lots of ways to communicate. Right. Uh, and the first one we talked about was doors. You know, we, a lot of people pray for open doors, closed doors. Yeah. And these are powerful. I just prayed for a man last night who called me up and said, hey, pastor, I've got an interview in the morning. Uh, would you be praying for me? I said, hey, let's pray right now. Yeah. You know, that the interview goes great. If it's if it's the Lord, let the door swing open. If it's not the Lord, may I close that door? Because we don't want to be walking through doors that God has not opened. Um, and so this is a good way to pray. Sometimes you're trying to go a certain direction, boom, it just feels like you're hitting resistance. Um, that's a good time to pause and stop and say, Lord, is that, you know, are you closing that door? Or do I need to you know, keep persevering. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I prayed that prayer a lot. Well, I think doors is one of the most powerful way God speaks to me, probably because I'm pretty stubborn. Yes. <laughs> to, to stubborn people, sometimes a shut door is the only thing that they, they will respond to, you know? Yeah. And I've noticed there are doors that God's like, okay, I really don't want you to go through it, but if you go through it, you'll learn your own lesson. So they're, they're kind of like, you can bust through it. And then there's doors. He's just like, no, I love you too much. I'm not opening this yeah. door. And I, in my experience, I experienced that quite a bit. It's like, God, why won't you open this door? And God's just like, dude, you don't want to see what's and, on and the other side of it. And sometimes that, that yeah. door, uh, again, it's not the right time. It doesn't mean that that, because yeah. sometimes God's put things in our hearts. We, we want to move a certain direction and we feel like, why, Lord, why isn't this door open? Yeah. Well, it will be open, uh, but this, now's not the right time yeah, for that's that. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, so God's moving us along. But but those open, closed doors, you know, we, we said too, when the door gets swung open, especially a door of ministry, many times on the other side of that door, there's great opposition. That's what Paul told us. So don't be surprised if you're following the Lord, great doors open up for you to share, for, for you to, to minister to people, and all of a sudden you get resistance. That doesn't mean that you miss God. That means actually you're right in the, the center of God's will. So yeah. doors are a big one. What's the second one? desires, the desires of your heart, you know? Yeah. So aren't you supposed to just, Andrew, we just get in touch with the real you yeah. and you just do whatever you feel is right for you. Right. And then you'll perfectly experience the voice of God. Right. The truth in life is always based on nuances, right? The details, like the fine, the fine line, like the, 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 uh, the fine print matters. You know, the Bible says to light yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sure. You know? And we pointed out the last, the last desire you want to listen to if you're not following the Lord is is your heart's desire yeah. because uh, if you're not uh, in in relationship with Jesus, your heart will not lead you uh, to the Lord. That is not a voice you want to listen to. But if you're born again and you're submitted to the Holy Spirit and your uh, desire is to obey God, yeah. then we need to trust our desires. Yeah. And talk about that, you know, as it relates to uh, discovering God's purpose for your life or you know living the will of God. What is what do sanctified desires? I guess, how do, how do they act as the voice of God in directing us into you know our calling? Well, I think as we, again, when we seek after God, when we pursue after, after the Lord, we, we realize that our desire starts to align with what God, what, what God's desires. Yeah. We start to be passionate about what God's passionate about. We start right. to be angry about what God's angry about, injustice, you know, um, pain and suffering. And, and I think there is a, that's where scripture comes in. You look at the desires of your heart, you're like, wait a second, this lustful desire, that doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. align with the Bible or greed, or I want I want more money and, yeah. and I want to hate people or destroy people. You're like, okay, that doesn't necessarily align with the scripture. So that's probably not the desires that God, God is pruning in right. me, you know? But, but the flip side is mm -hmm. you, you know, whatever that passion area is that makes you 
excited that, that, that you love, like you said, or sometimes it makes you angry, maybe it's injustice. Yeah. Those emotions are really, and those desires are really a, like a, a big sign from God saying, go that direction, yeah. because if you'll, if you'll pursue the direction of your desires, you'll run right smack dab into the Lord and, and why he, how he created you. Absolutely, and I think this, is, this desire portion is so important to be aligned with maturity, spiritual maturity, because as you grow in, the, grow in the Lord, as you start to make great friends who can keep you accountable, submit under authority, you start to refine, really discover what those true desires are. Yeah. They're, they're honing, they're sharpening, and you realize, man, God really has made me for this. So yeah. it's not just like this all or nothing. It's a progression yeah. to grow into and that. And we wanted to attack that myth that somehow if you're going to follow the will of God, it means you're going to have to be miserable. You know, some right. people think, no. if I obey the Lord and I give my life to Him, He's going he's gonna to lead me into something that I'm going to absolutely hate. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, no. your desire, God, God put those desires in you. So if you love children, it's no surprise that you would love working with kids or ministering to kids. Or if you love ideas, you know, or, or communication, you might God might use you as a mouthpiece, you know, for for His message or whatever. But it's He's not going to put you where your strengths and your skills and your passions are are non-existent. You know, that's just not not how he operates. I was talking to a, a brother on Sunday. It was very interesting because um, this brother is truly entrepreneur. His desire is always to, he can't help it. Wherever he goes, he's always thinking, how do I optimize? Oh, here's a new business idea. How yeah. can we bring this together? And after a while, I'm like, man, like you truly are an entrepreneur because true entrepreneurs, the, the desires of their heart will overcome all obstacles. doesn't matter how many times and you fall on your face or you make mistakes, you're going to get back up and you're going to yeah. innovate again. And honestly, I, I've never had one of those thoughts in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so seriously, yeah. it, it's a gift. It is and, a gift. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's a holy gift. You know, sometimes we think like the entrepreneur, oh, you're in a secular. No, no, no. That ability to create that ability to develop businesses that employ people, Brings that order. create profit, yeah. that causes blessing and prosperity. Absolutely. You know, what an, what an amazing gift. But to recognize that, that's part of God's voice in your life. Yeah, and they love it. And, they, and after years of doing different things, you're just like, I have to keep going back to it. And that's, for me, after a while, I start to recognize people's calling when against all odds, they're still like, I just can't let that go. You know, even people who really have a call to, to the church, or to the mission field. They're like, after not doing it for a long time, they're like, there's still that desire, that yearning in me to go to. I'm like, let's have a discussion. Yeah. Why is that still burning in your heart? Yeah. You know? So and, you know, and the Bible says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. You know, so even though sometimes we might have a change of direction, maybe we 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 stop following the Lord for a season, it doesn't mean that the gifts uh, and the calling that he's put in in our lives is yeah. not does not still remain. Yeah. It just needs to be redeemed, recovered, all right, reactivated. So, uh, and then the last one we talked about was probably the most controversial uh, for uh, you know evangelical Christians. It, se- it seems a little sketchy to most people, and that's dreams. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, we, we made the comment, obviously God's, God should not be directing your life primarily by dreams uh, every day, or that could get kind of crazy. But there are times and seasons when you are seeking the Lord, and I shared, sh- shared one of those times in my own life. I would not be at Living Stones doing what I'm doing today right. if it were not for a very prophetic dream that God gave me. Right. That was, And when I say prophetic, these are dreams that you wake up, you remember that every detail, that it's like in Technicolor, you know? I mean, it's so vivid, so moving, so fresh. Uh, those are the things you need to write down. Yeah. And, um, and, and some people, again, we talk about the fivefold ministry gifting, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. Um, some people have a prophetic orientation, which means they 
are very intuitive. They, they are feelers. They sense what God's doing. Sometimes God speaks to them in terms of, um, uh, of impressions, mental impressions, pictures. Uh, you and I have prayed for people before. Sometimes God will drop a picture in our mind uh, that we begin to share, and, and it powerfully touches that person because of what's going on in their life. Yeah. So when you look at the Bible, especially in the New Testament, I, I encourage people, go back and just circle how many times God spoke at significant junctures in the redemptive history. I think, first of all, of, uh, of Jesus. Um, God spoke to Joseph in a dream, said, hey, don't divorce Mary. She's not been unfaithful. This is a, this is a supernatural. She's carrying Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. When Herod tried to kill all the kids, you know, all the kids two and under, how did, how did he warn Joseph in a dream? Mm-hmm. He sent him to Egypt. When Herod died, how did he let Joseph know that it was time to go <laughs> yeah. back home in a dream? Yeah. So uh, God speaks through dreams, and we shouldn't mock them, and we shouldn't make fun of them. We need to be very sensitive and be aware of the fact that God, this is the thing that I think is so powerful. God loves you so much that sometimes the only way he can speak to you and get your attention is while we're sleeping because yeah. we're so we're so busy, we're so fast-moving, we're, you know, we're just not paying attention. Sure. Sure. And uh, and so, you know, it's maybe God has spoken to you in the past, or maybe you're somebody that gets a lot of dreams. Write those down. Ask the Lord to uh, share with you what he's laying on your heart. Um, but don't do too much digging. Uh, I think that's the point of dreams. If you have to, it's not like God's trying to send you on a wild goose chase and, uh, and lead you off <laughs> right. into confusion. You'll have an idea of what that dream really means because God's speaking to you in the context of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then we talked about three Ps. Why don't you kick those off? We talked about um, the importance of a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, a prompting. Promptings, and and this is good. You know, promptings. You, you said you could communicate with Debbie through a glance, through a touch, through a kick under the table. Yeah. <laughs> a prompting is kind of like we called it a Holy Spirit nudge. Yeah, a nudge. Yeah. And. Um, you know, there's that passage with Elijah when the Lord came uh, with the wind, right? He passed in front of Elijah, wind, rocks flying everywhere, and then he came in an earthquake, and there's, again, shaking. Then he came with fire. I can, I can only imagine what this was, was like, right? Yeah. But, and, but the Bible says God was not in any of those. But then he came, lastly, in a gentle whisper. And you think about the, the contrast there. Gentle whisper. I mean, after all that craziness and all that that loud demonstration of power, everything settles down. And then Elijah, who was basically running from Jezebel at that point, right, uh, he begins to hear this still small voice, the whisper of the Lord. And that whisper is what we're trying to cultivate an ear for. That's what a prompting is. Yeah, and the scripture says, be still and know, be still and know that I am God. And I think that... That, for me personally, is the, is the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me the most, is through small prompting nudges. And I feel like that prompting nudges has been attacked in our culture so much today by the invention of the smartphone oh, yeah. and the social media. We're getting nudged all the time by Nudge, those things. Yeah, it literally nudges you, vibrates and nudges you uh, with every little whatever. And Different our mi- sounds, sound, pings, pings, whatever. And our minds and our heart and our young people are, not just our young, but everyone has been, re- our brains being rewired to not be able to stay still. Yeah. Uh, we say we have OCDs or whatever you want to call it, but the point is we are being programmed to not be able to sit still and listen to something, focus on something, pay attention, unless it's got flashy, whatever, whatever. Um, Isn't it interesting, you know, I never even thought about this until right now. Mm -hmm. 
the people in the IT world understand just the nuance of a certain tone or a little tiny vibration. What are they doing that? They're letting you know, hey, someone's trying to communicate with you. You just got a text. You just got an email, right? Whatever it is. It, it really is such a powerful picture of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. He's not going to come over and hit you with a two-by-four. He'll give you a tiny little nudge, a touch, a, a, a little whisper, uh, like the ping that, that tells you you got a, you know, you got a text message. Yeah. And if we're dull to that, then, then we miss a lot of communication. Absolutely. And I think it's the same way with the Lord. If, we, if, we, if we're not sensitive to, those, to the little voice, to the little nudge, uh, we miss so much on what God's trying to do in us and Absolutely. through us. Absolutely. And we were talking about you know, that nudge being sometimes uh, you'll see a person and God will just nudge something in your heart like, go talk to that person, or I don't think that person's okay, or, 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 or maybe there's a need I'm supposed to meet in that person's life. Very subtle. But many times when you act on that subtle prompt, uh, supernatural things happen. Yeah. Uh, or we talked about sometimes you could be driving the car down the road and you're thinking about going to the store and what did my wife ask me to buy again? And you know, your, your mind's on the, the assignment, right? But all of a sudden, a, a friend of yours might pop into your consciousness. You might be thinking, you know, maybe it's their face or maybe it's just their name. And you go, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. And so we said when, when those, these promptings from the Holy Spirit are usually sudden, they're unexpected, they're out of context. Mm-hmm. We weren't thinking about that situation. And when you have that happen, what I encourage our people to do and what I want to encourage our listeners to do is act on that prompting. Yeah. Because if you'll act on that prompting more times than not on that other end of that phone call or the other end of that act of gesture of concern, how can I help, you know, you're going to find that God's waiting to do something really incredible in that person's life. Yeah, and I will add to that, you know, that example you gave about Elijah, you know, the storm, the wind, the fire, and then comes the prompting, comes the nudge. A lot of the nudge happened in the midst of our intense emotions, which could be symbolized by, because when we get angry, get upset, we get disappointed, we get frustrated. That's what it seems like. We, we're enveloped by storm and fire and whatever. But in the midst of that, we have to focus even more and listen to the voice of God because yeah. our emotions are telling us to do a thousand different things. I have an example. I just, I just thought about it, just nudged uh, to share this. You know, a couple of days ago, we're putting our kids to bed and my son Nehemiah was complaining about having to get a bath and I was tired. Right. I wanted to give him a bath. Put them in the bed. We had a fun day. We blessed them and played with them. All these different things. And at the end of the night, you know, my most obedient son, my most mature son, is yeah. arguing with me about he doesn't want to have a bath. And I was just annoyed. I was upset. <laughs> and I'm just thinking. I, mean, I was just like, man. I was so I went, I, remember, I remember I went to go get some water. I was getting putting the cup under the the, the refrigerator to get the water. And I just felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, remember, he's seven. Show kindness, show gentleness. Yeah, you're making this. You didn't way want to bigger. take a bath when you were seven. No, Come on. no, I, I'm sure I didn't. Probably, I didn't want to take a bath when I was 15. But, um, but at that moment, I was letting my own emotions overwhelm me, and I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit say, sure. "Give him grace. Remember, he's seven. Relax. You're making this way bigger than it's supposed to be because you're tired." Yeah. And I had to kind of, I, I felt myself resisting the voice of the Holy Spirit because I wanted to be mad. So here's how I practice. So the yeah. Holy Spirit's our helper, yeah. right? He's our advocate. Um, he, he's, he's the one who comes alongside and yeah. speaks into our ear and gives us advice. And here you are, a frustrated dad, ready to go to bed. And I love this about the Lord. So here's God Almighty yeah. through the Holy Spirit 
speaking and giving you parenting advice yeah. on how to raise your son. I mean, as, talking as, about as now is, is like, of course, duh. Like, he's seven. Relax, Andrew. But in the moment, I was so overwhelmed with emotion. I was tired. I just wanted yeah. to go to bed. I felt overwhelmed. And that nudging, could I could easily just push away that nudging. But I think that's the key is to, to, to be so sensitized to it, to realize, no, 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 that's not just like some random voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Stop what you're doing and listen to him. That's so good. Because he is God. Yeah. And man, I was like, wow, that is nudging. So I mean, I had to calm myself down, go repent to my son and you know, make it right. Yeah. But that's practical. That's the day-to-day yeah. of the Holy Spirit. To, to and we be say too, to when, you know, say you're, you're praying for somebody and, and the Holy Spirit, as you're open to the Holy Spirit, sometimes he drops some uh, directional information into your heart, like how to pray for that person or... He lays something on your heart. Hey, is there anybody in your life yeah. that you've got unforgiveness towards? You know, maybe we've pr- been praying for people at the altar for uh, for healing, yeah. physical healing. But all of a sudden, the Lord will prompt you. Hey, this person's got unforgiveness, mm. and then you go, Hey, is there anybody that you're you know you're you're really struggling with forgiving? Oh yeah, absolutely. I haven't talked to my dad in ten years. You know, maybe if you forgive your dad, this physical symptom is going to go away and God yeah. can touch you and heal you. But let's deal with your heart first. Well, that, that just came by a prompting. You know, yeah. That was a Holy Spirit prompting. And yeah. we need to, we need to act on those. That's good. Yeah. And typically when it's something that I know the scripture is true about, but I don't want to do, <laughs> sounds like the Holy Spirit is prompting to me, yeah. you know, because he's encouraging me, he's nudging me, he's coaching me. Yeah. And that's what coaches do. And we said too, that the voice of the Lord many times comes when it wasn't, it's unplanned, it wasn't on our calendar. Yeah. It might not be fitting my agenda, and right. that's why I need to learn how to be able to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be on your agenda, right. <clears throat> not my right. agenda. Let's talk a little bit about people. We said the second the second P, yeah. in addition to the Holy Spirit's prompting, is God puts people in our lives. And I was trying to build a case that if you want to hear a lot of crazy voices, just put yourself at home alone in isolation yeah. for a long period of time, and, and you'll... You'll have conversations with yourself, with your dog, with inanimate objects, um, because we were made to be with people. And many times the way God speaks to us is through uh, the quality of the friendships and relationships and authority figures that God's placed into our lives. Absolutely. Uh, and so we got to stay connected to people. But who are some of those, you know, who are some of those major voices uh, that should be speaking into your life? Absolutely. And I think this this people thing people as a vessel for the for the Holy Spirit is a double-edged sword because if you have negative people or you have people who don't hear from God or people, you know, toxic people in your life, that's going to be, you know, that's not going to be the source where yeah. the Holy Spirit speaks. So we have to work hard to establish, and as, as a church, we want to help help you establish people, build a network of people around who love you, who know you, yeah. you know, that's why we have established a life group and marriage class yeah. and different things, authorities in our lives, close yeah. friends, people who love you, who hear from God, to be able to be those avenues of speaking to you. That's really uh, one of the keys we said is, you know, God speaks through authority. So think of the different places, you know, where you are under someone else's authority. At work, you might be under authority. We're under governmental authority in certain jurisdictions. We're under authority of spiritual leadership and people in our life that God has given, you know, spiritual authority to shepherd our lives and and pastor us. Uh, We're under parental authority. If you're uh, living at home and you're you're a minor, you know you're under parental authority. You need to listen to your folks. That's how how God did it. Yeah. So there's this whole realm of authorities that that are meant to speak into our lives. We got to listen to them. We got to honor honor them. To 
to listen to them is to honor God. That's how that's how God's authority works. Absolutely. And we were sharing, you know, let's bring it home to the church. You know, as a pastor, there's I see the fact that we have pastors and elders, uh, fivefold ministry in the local church. That's a blessing. If you're seeking direction and you're going, you know, we had we had a friend of ours that's praying about taking a, a job in another state, and he said, hey, you know, keep me in your prayers uh, and process through that mm-hmm. because there's safety in a multitude of counselors. And then secondly, we said, look at the covenant relationships, not just random relationships. You're not going to, you know, sit in the lunchroom at your workplace and listen to everybody whine and, and crab about stuff. You're right. not, not going to hear God's voice there. But I'll tell you where you can hear God's voice, in your life group with your brothers and sisters in Christ who love you and who know you and who care about you. Or you'll hear about, you know, you can hear about uh, the wisdom of God through your spouse because God's put the spouse in your life to speak to you. Right. Uh, so, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit is not your wife or not your husband, but he often sounds like your wife or your husband. So, uh, Absolutely. you know, so listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in terms of covenant. And then ordinary people. Um, you know, we gave the example of Jethro. Jethro was, was Moses' father-in-law. And here, Jethro was the one who, who you know, one of, the, one of the primary pictures of representative government comes from Jethro, you know, breaking down leadership into yeah. leaders of 50s and hundreds and thousands, et cetera. And that came from his father-in-law, you know. So right. sometimes it's the ordinary people in our lives who say extraordinary things. Absolutely. And uh, and we just can't miss them. Yeah, God uses a prompting from a, a, a book you're reading or a podcast, yeah. you know, or just a simple encouragement. Yeah. In fact, you- somebody might be watching this today. You might be going, man, this came right at the exact moment that I needed to hear this because right. you've been asking the Lord, hey, how, how does God speak? Or, Lord, I want to hear your voice. And boom, you, you stumble on this podcast. Well, hello, that's the Lord, you know, answering your prayer. So those are ordinary moments, music, podcasts, like you said, mm-hmm. others, other encounters with people uh, that seem random, but they're really not random. I have times in which I'm looking, I'm asking a question, I'm seeking the Lord for counsel in a certain direction, and I saw a movie clip. Yeah. You know, I have nothing to do with spiritual things, but the principle of the movie or something someone said really just resonated with my heart. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel the Lord really speaking to me through that person. I don't think that person or the actor or director has was trying to do anything, but the Lord was using those yeah. as canvases yeah. to 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 show us what He's trying to say. And so. this is why I encourage people to, you know, so many people they um, they isolate themselves from all the ways God's trying to speak. Like you know. How often have you had a rough night on a Saturday or a tough, maybe you got up on, on Sunday morning, you're getting ready to go to church and you and your spouse have an argument and you just go, forget it. You know, I'm not going to go. Or you're discouraged and so you're like, I don't even want to get out of bed. I'm just going to sleep. Uh, and those are the very times when God is wanting to speak to you. And if you would have just gone, if you would have just pressed through, if you would have if you would have just made yourself available, you know, God was <coughs> waiting to deliver a word. And I just want to encourage people in that regard, you know, all of these different voices that we're, we're talking about, means by which God communicates to us, make sure that you're, you're open and aware of these things and looking for, uh, for the voice of the Lord in these things. And you'll, you'll find God directing you in amazing, amazing ways through people and through circumstances like that. Yeah. And, and then the last one, you know, I, I said these voices, they, they increase in volume and intensity the loud, you know, the prompting is very gentle, you know, and tender and quiet, not very intense. And then you get to this last P, and it's pain. Yeah. 
And uh, there's a difference between me telling my son, hey, son, come here. I want to chat with you versus him running towards the street. There's a truck coming. And I'm like, son, stop. Absolutely. You know, and that's when, you know, vocally sounds like it's pain. It sounds like I'm screaming at him, yeah. but because he's in danger, you yeah, know. And we've all been in pain. You know, we've all, life is full of pain. Uh, sometimes people live in pain. Um, but, you know, when you're laying there and you're sick as a dog and we've, we've all been there, right? Uh, man, all you're thinking about is I want to get well. And, and God has our attention in amazing ways when we're flat on our back, the lights are out, and, and we're out of commission, you know. And, um, uh, and he, uh, well, God, I don't believe, was the one who sent that to you. That, that comes from the curse. It comes from our own sin or other people's sin. Yeah. God uses uh, pain as a megaphone, C.S. Lewis said. You know, he speaks to us the loudest in our pain. It's like a megaphone of God's voice to us. So we should never, you know, even in the painful seasons of life, the Bible is full of people who went through incredibly painful seasons. But those were always seasons where they grew, where where you hear people say things like, you know, the phrase, no pain, no gain. I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we don't allow the pain to stretch us and to grow us, uh, we're not going to make the kind of gains that God wants for us. But the pain should never come as a result of our disobedience. And I I just want to read this verse, which I thought was so powerful, from Psalm 32. hope this encourages you today. Uh, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. What a great promise. I will advise you, the Lord says, and I will watch over you. So God wants to guide, he wants to advise, and he wants to watch over your life. Those are amazing promises. But look at the next verse. This is so important. He says, don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. You know, that's that's a picture of a, uh, of a person being led by their carnal nature, their ungodly desires. The Lord has to jerk them back. He has to put a bit in their mouth and, you know, keep us on the path by force because we would run off and destroy ourselves. So as a good father, you know, how many times have one of your kids started off running for the street? You didn't have time to say, hey, you know, would you please not go in the street? (laughs) You just grabbed, you grabbed them by the back of the shirt collar before they ran out to their death. You know, you just grabbed them. I mean, I've had kids in the, in the water, you know, and swimming, uh, or I've had to grab them to keep them from falling in the pool because they can't swim. Um, so sometimes the Lord will have to grab us and uh, and kind of put a bit and a bridle on us to keep us where we need to be. But the Lord says, don't act like that. Right. He wants to lead us and guide us through these other means, other voices. And, and the last part here says, many sorrows come to the wicked. So the source of pain for most of us is our own wickedness. It's our stupidity. It's our disobedience. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yet God will still work through all of those, you know, situations to speak loudly and clearly to us because He loves us. He's not trying. Some people think, "Oh, God's punishing me." No, God's not punishing you. He's trying to speak to you and get your attention so that He could bless you, and so that He could lead you, so that He could love you and have a relationship with you. He's not trying to punish you. The devil wants to punish you yeah. uh, and destroy you, but God's wanting to redeem even even our painful situation. And I think so many times the caution here is so many times in our pain. We, we fall in a place in which we're not, we become victims. We're not listening to the voice of God, not recognizing. I think this is a good reminder. If we are in pain, that's recognized. I mean, when your body's in pain, oh. it's because your body's trying to sig- send a signal to you. It's a good thing that we feel pain. Can you imagine not yeah. feeling pain? You know, your arm's yeah. rotting off, you're sick, and you're just like, yeah, I'm yeah. fine, keep going along. Well, the picture of the leprosy, you know, yeah. it attacks your nerve ending. So a leper, that's probably that's partially why they got uh, so full of disease and sickness is they were not able to feel the heat or 
feel the cut or whatever right. because you know so it gets all infected and everything so pain is really a uh, a, a warning mechanism. Absolutely. And, and in our culture today, what happens is when the, the message of pain is sent, we dumb it down with drugs and alcohol or whatever else, yeah. other things to dumb it down instead of actually dealing with the issue, hearing the voice of God coming back to God and saying, I need to fix this issue. I need to deal with this heart issue, this relationship, right? Over and over again, we just stuff it, we numb it, and we don't deal with it. We don't, we don't treat it like the voice of God saying yeah. something is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love the example of Job, you know, after he went through all that he went through, all the incredible pain, how God restored twice as much at the end, you know, blessed him, restored his life. So I love what Pastor Andrew said, let's not numb the pain. Sometimes the pain is God saying, hey, you need to work on that relationship because it's out of whack or, or you know what, um, uh, the pain that you're dealing with because of unforgiveness in your heart or the pain that you're dealing with because of bitterness um, or rejection, or all these um, toxic emotions, uh, we've got to get in touch with those things because that's God saying, hey, you know, there's a red light going off on your dashboard. Address this problem in your engine before the whole car uh, is useless and blows, the engine blows. So sometimes we've got those, those lights on our dashboard that are pain indicators. Yeah. Don't go to drugs, don't go to alcohol, don't go to, you know, to lust or, or sexual, you know, counterfeit relationships. That Go to the Lord and say, Father, I need help. What are you trying to show me here? Um, in that regard, pain can be our friend because God's trying to speak very, very clearly in the midst of our pain. And when we're hurting, it's impossible for us to miss that voice. Absolutely. So we got doors, we got desires, we have dreams, we have we have promptings, we have people, and we have pain. Those are six additional ways, in addition to the Bible and the Holy Spirit, six additional ways uh, that God wants to continually be getting our attention and speaking to us. And, you know, I'm, I shared uh, on Sunday, I'm really, really excited. In the weeks to come, you know, this, this series on voices has been largely about how I hear the voice of God, right? Now, you hear the voice of God so that we can... Uh, you know, understand who the Lord is. We can follow God's will for our lives. A lot of it was focused on a personal relationship. But the beauty of Christianity is God saves us not only for himself, but he saves us for others. Uh, so that I, after I get saved and I have a relationship with God and I hear his voice, it's not all about me. Now God will speak to me and say, hey, go go uh, give that money to Andrew. He, he has a financial situation. I want you to be my delivery uh, boy, uh, and I want you to take my money and I want you to go bless Andrew. Well, that's pretty cool when all of a sudden I show up and, and there's an envelope and it's just the exact amount of money that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Lord, I just prayed for this and you already answered it. Or when someone needs a breakthrough in their life and God uses you to, with that simple nudging or prompting, God uses you to ask the right question or to demonstrate care or say, hey, can I help you in some way? And all of a sudden, you know, boom, a supernatural breakthrough happens in that person's life. So yeah. that's when this gets to be really fun. And that's why we have to develop a listening ear now, because a listening ear is really the key to effective and fruitful ministry. And if we're going to bear fruit that endures much fruit to the glory of God, we have to, we have to learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy oh, Spirit. That's good. So any final comments on the on this today? Final yeah. exhortations? I think we need to be vigilant. We need to be sensitive. We need to stop zone, zooming out, zoning out on our yeah. phones and social media and practice listening to the voice of God. I mean, slowing down. Uh, I feel like that's one of the biggest attacks on 
on Christians these days is not blatant, but just this this attention seeking, everything seeking our attention, right. everything is competing for our kind attention. Kind of like spiritual ADD. We're all, we're well, we're so so yeah. hyper and stimulated with everything around us. We have a hard time just getting getting tuned in. And the Lord is saying, "No, I'm better than all this. I'm yeah. not gonna." I feel the Holy Spirit to me saying, like, I'm not going to compete with all this. If you want all this, go for it. But if you want me, if you want to seek my voice, you need to calm down. You need to slow down. You need to make time for me to listen to my still voice. Yeah. And that's a challenge, I think, to our generation, to our young people. Yeah. You know, because they grew up with this thing. I didn't grow up with this thing, you know. Yeah. And... um I think it's so important for us to teach our young people to be like, okay, you got to put all that stuff away and listen to the voice of God. Right. Even in our, we call it quiet times. Yeah. Sometimes we're not quiet. We're busy reading or yeah. doing our spiritual checklist. But I know as I've gotten older, part of what I enjoy doing is, especially in the early morning hours, is just listening. I, I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting in the presence of the Lord. I'm My heart is towards him. I love him. And I'm just listening. Uh, and and that's important in any relationship. I got to hear your heart. You got to hear my heart. And then we communicate back and forth. But I, if I'm not listening, there's no communication happening here. Well, so. well, my spiritual discipline right now in practicing is I spend a set amount of time praying. And I, sp- I spend double the amount of time listening. Wow. So for me, I actually have to set my alarm because I need to practice that because I'm not good at listening. So the double amount of time is there's a time which I intercede, I pray for our nation, I pray for our church and ask for wisdom, and then I shut my mouth because I know God has a lot more things to say uh, than I have to than I have to say, and I have to practice proactive listen, practice. And there are times when I go through that season, I don't even necessarily hear anything. It doesn't matter. I'm practicing. I'm positioning my heart in the place to listen. So throughout the day, because my heart is sensitized, He will speak to me. That's good. So it's not even during that time. It's just positioning myself to say, "Lord, right. I'm here to listen to you." That's good. So. I like that word positioning. You get you're, you're anticipating. Yeah. You're preparing yourself for the for the voice of the Lord. And I I guess the final challenge I would have today is, um, let's let's practice this. You know, this isn't. If we believe there's a God who loves to communicate, <clears throat> who loves people, who loves to reveal Himself, and who loves you, then uh, we should not be surprised that, like today, God's going to want to do these things. He's going to want to lead, guide, direct, show, show you this to do, that to do, touch, you know, prompt you with certain situations or people. So, if you have that person pop into your mind today, encourage him. If you have, you know, a, a situation that pops into your mind out of nowhere. Pursue it. If you see somebody at, you know, the grocery store or the restaurant, uh, and all of a sudden you have a prompting in your heart or a nudge from the Holy Spirit where you might just say to that person, hey, how you doing? I noticed this or whatever. Is there some way I can help you? You know, just to be kind and compassionate, but open to what God is trying to do all around us. So yeah. have a great day. Let's walk with the Lord. Let's listen to his voice. And uh, and I'm believing with you. We're believing with you that God's going to do amazing things today as we simply hear and obey. Have a great week. We look forward to being with you next week on the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast.